Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hockey fans, are you ready to Brave the Wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podman, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Audible, Double Twist. Thank you once and always for downloading and listening to this show. It is a great pleasure to be on board with you once again today. The Minnesota Wild had a very, very strong week, 3-0. And now, we'll hear from the general manager, Billy Listen, you guys know what this is all about, right? Right? What's it all about? Spurgy? Hard work, man. Fun. that. This is about winning. Sure looks that way, doesn't it? It sure does. They're all about winning, and uh, that's, that's what's going on right now, and it's a wonderful thing. Minnesota Wild are <laughs> hanging out with the Calgary Flames. Most people will think, hanging out with the Calgary Flames, what, 7th, 8th seed? Oh, goody, ninth or 10th. Yay, we're hanging out with the Calgary Flames. Yeah, you know, both. But yeah, actually, no, both of us have been playing way the heck better. Daryl Sutter doing a fantastic job in Calgary, and a lot of those guys starting to live up to the hype because they were supposed to be good, damn it. Minnesota Wild, living up to the hype and kind of going above and beyond at this moment with uh, Dean Evison, absolutely spectacular, 31 points. First place in 21, uh, 22 games, pardon me, 15-6 and six with only one overtime loss. In the past, we'd have like four already of those because we couldn't play in overtime. We'd usually get beat because we can't skate well, and then we'd find a way to lose in the shootout as well, which is annoying and stupid. But, uh, yeah, that's part of the game, unfortunately, these days. you got to get to the shootout if you can't score, but most of the time the Wild are able to score in the three-on-three, so you don't even have to get to the uh, fluky shootout against the Ryan Joe Hansons and such. Let's get off of that as soon as possible. Going to be a great show today. We're back to regular Thursdays again. Feels awesome. Minnesota Wild at the end of the Arizona game, as there were three games again. Uh, <clears throat> we're number one in goals. Right now we're third, Minnesota anyway. That was after the Arizona game, though. The Wild were number one in the NHL in goals. Kirill Kaprizov, definitely a debated conversation last week, a very spirited conversation between myself, uh, uh, Derek Felska, myself, uh, versus some other people out there that think... Uh, 
any type of mild criticism towards Kirill Kaprizov. We weren't exactly bashing him. We weren't hating on him. We weren't saying anything that bad. We are just saying it's kind of a disappointing start. Well, we can kind of cool off on that for now because Kirill Kaprizov had an unbelievable week. And, yeah, it's, it's crazy the pace he's been on. We'll continue to talk about that over the course of the show. But, of course, again, Kirill... An awesome week. Minnesota defeats the Winnipeg Jets 7-1. to I'm going to try to not be so game and gamey, but uh, you get the idea. I'll, I'll get into the games anyway. At the same time, Cam Talbot had a very, very sharp week. I'm trying to switch something here. I apologize. Cam Talbot had a very, very sharp week, generally speaking, as did Capo Kakinen. Minnesota Wild did not give up a whole lot of goals, and they scored a hell of a lot. Again, 7-1, to but kicking on Black Friday last week. Wow. Uh, usually a Black Friday type of game, the Wild would find a way to lose, especially against Winnipeg. It might have been 7-1 the other way, or like 5-3. to three. It would have been like, uh, that was boring. That was dumb. Remember those games years ago, in the, those matinee Sunday afternoons, even even into last season, you know, against the New York Islanders, you know, in the past. Last year we didn't play the Islanders, but I mean, a, a game like that versus the Islanders versus the Edmonton Oilers, you'd always come out being extremely frustrated, thinking that was lame, that was lackadaisical. Those days seem to be over. Uh, yes, Jared Spurgeon was saying was trying to say hard work and having fun. And that's when Bill Guerin said, "Bleep that! This is about winning." Well, there, it's hard work and having fun as well. <laughs> but yeah, I, I agree with uh, the premise there about bleep that. This is about winning. Kirill Kaprizov about bleep and winning with four points in this game, one goal, three assists. Remember, he had a game like that against Dallas just a couple days earlier. This is just <laughs> Kirill Kaprizov definitely on a tear. Then you get some guys with sickness and injuries and such. Zuccarello will miss a few games after getting two goals versus the Winnipeg Jets. Really, really cool, fun performance. Let's look at Kirill Kaprizov just this past week, which makes you have a pretty easy guess who's going to win the Madonna Award. <laughs> Six points in three games. He had four points versus Winnipeg. One point, only one versus Tampa. Come on, man. Just kidding. A goal and an assist versus Arizona. He had four goals versus Dallas for about four games earlier, November the 18th. I can't believe that was that long ago, but 7-2. to two. I still clearly, crystal clear remember getting our asses handed to us 7-1. to one. You know, Darcy Kemper and Net versus the Dallas Stars in Dallas years ago. It's a, it's a different world, and it's a wonderful thing. It's a, what a wonderful world. <laughs> Seriously, do you, do you remember that? Yeah, I mean, I remember it. I have a good memory, and I, I remember just thinking, this is just, this is not going anywhere. I'm getting sick of this crap. It's like, oh, just flush this one out, yeah, and then flush the next one out, and then flush the one three games from now out, too, because, you know, we'll, we'll win a couple in a row and then have another stinker versus, God knows, versus the Rangers or something stupid like that, and a trap game versus Arizona or New Jersey. You know, it's just so, it was just so frustrating. It drove us all nuts. Come on now. Let's be honest, stop with the fanboy crap, all of you out there that seem to love being fanboys and kissing up to everybody on the planet, when, you know, there were some times in the past that were extremely frustrating. But generally speaking, what an awesome season. And of course, you know, nobody's going to be immune to criticism no matter what. That's why they're about bleeping winning. Bleep that, we're about bleeping winning. Yeah, you have to be held accountable if you're not playing well, you're not having a good run. Even Jordan Greenway showed up this week. What do you think of that? So, good. Good for him. <laughs> Definitely. Good for him. Uh, you have guys like Dmitry Kulikov. Kulikov. I keep calling him, I keep putting in the H when I don't need to. There has to be an H after the K to have that accent. I apologize. Dmitry Kulikov, though, he's on pace for a career high. Wow. Uh, remember, he was a high draft pick many years ago for Florida. 
And then here he is with 10 points already. So pretty damn cool. He was he basically had become more of a stay-at-home guy. And he was like, you know, just 10, 15 points every year. Maybe 20 tops. 28 was a career high. And he's having a hell of a year thus far. 28th of November, 4-2 win versus Tampa. Definitely a statement type of game in a lot of ways. He went against the Stanley Cup champs. And I know it's just one game and an 82-game schedule. You're not Stanley Cup champions in November. Amen. Amen. I, I agree with that 1,000%. But just saying, you know, just saying it was pretty impressive. And uh, John Cooper, the coach of the Tampa Bay Lightning, who could, could have been on a major hot seat two years ago, or should we say October-ish, September-ish, October-ish 2020, should Tampa have been upset again? He might have been in big trouble, but now he's got two cups to, to his name and his name on two cups as well. Uh, it's got to feel damn good for him. And he gave us uh, some high praise saying, they're a big, uh, they're a big and strong team. You know that really knows how to play. That's basically, you know, paraphrasing Corey Perry. Now we're now we're getting into the pair talk again. <laughs> it makes the wild field pear shaped every time we play against him. He's had a hell of a career against Minnesota, like forty-one points in like fifty games against Minnesota, uh, forty-eight games. Pardon me, impressive. Another goal, despite the fact he'd slowed down over the years. Uh, Anaheim Ducks, you know, Dallas Stars, and blah, blah, blah. Now he's on the Tampa Bay Lightning, still cup chasing. Don't blame him, though. He did get a cup way, way back at the beginning of his career. Hell of a player. Pain in the ass to play against a lot bigger than you think. He, You know, his face from a distance makes him look like a smaller guy, but he's not. And yes, he did did absolutely win a Stanley Cup with Anaheim. 06, 07, 44 points. He played every bleeping game that year. So you know he was hoisting that cup way back in his early days. But a fun, entertaining, awesome, awesome night for the Minnesota Wild. The Ryan Hartman goal was just sick. Absolutely sick. Pitlick was able to get his fifth assist on the season. Kirill Kaprizov with an absolutely great pass. Ryan Hartman kind of catching the puck, you know, receiving the puck, and turning around and releasing it in beautiful fashion. I mean, the guy looks like a legitimate goal scorer. He looks like a legitimate center. I would have never said that. He looks absolutely great. Yeah, that was a wonderful feeling. Also in the Tampa Bay game, Bennett Haim had a moment where he had the puck, he fell, and he had the state of mind to recover and make a really nice pass to Jonas Berdeen, which actually set up a legitimate scoring chance. He would have been, he was one-on-one with uh, our, our friend Vasilevsky. He was one-on-one with Vasilevsky. That was I, that was awesome, an awesome pass by Brandon Haim from the ground after falling. I was like, oh, come on, Brandon. What you, or I just called him. Yeah, it, it was uh, <clears throat> it was a funny moment, but at least hey, it was a hell of a play, and he really had, had had some strong state of mind there. It just shows his skill set and everything. Brandon DeHaim, absolutely spectacular from Parkland. Love what he can do. Nick Bukestead had a hell of a goal as well. Again, looking like a legit goal scorer with the patience and the quick release, getting it just over the shoulder of Vasilevsky. Absolutely impressed with that one as well. Man, that was fun. Caprice up to Hartman goal. Uh, that was so much fun as well. That was awesome. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about Arizona shortly. Again, Kirill Kaprizov did have an incredible week again. Six points in three games. Really appreciate what he was able to do. And at this moment, Kirill Kaprizov's point totals are at uh, 25 points in 22 games. He's now at seven goals. Some people are believing that he might end up with a goal-scoring lead by the end of the month. I believe that was 
Phil Mackey. Yep, they were, it was on the uh, Mackey and Judd show. Phil Mackey uh, picked that one. That was a prediction. Let's see if he's right. That'd be cool. Uh, hey, nobody's rooting against Kirill Kaprizov. We were just we were just not super thrilled with the start of the season. That's all. That's all. That's all. Nobody's rooting against Kirill Kaprizov. Do you really think we want him to fail? Do you, do you really think that? That would be crappy, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be crappy? Wouldn't that be like same old Minnesota? You know? <laughs> you know, uh, our, our friend Dan Minnesota would, you know, all of us know about that stuff. Is, uh, you know, the same old crap. Like, here we go. We're all excited. We're ready to rock and roll. And guess what? Another disappointment after one good year. Like, you know, it just happens time and time again. Miguel Sano looked like the next David Ortiz. And then he was not. He was uh, the next... <laughs> I don't know. Casey at the bat. <laughs> Mighty Casey has struck out. That's basically the end of the story. When it comes to Miguel Sano, there I go, jumping off into something else. Kevin Fiala, during the course of this week, kept wrapping, uh, racking up assists. Still no goals, though. At least none since November 21st. Only three on the season. But he has been racking up assists. We appreciate what he's been doing there. He's actually fourth on the team in scoring now because he's got 12 assists, which is tied for second. Tied for second with... Alex Galagoski has had an awesome season as well. He's earning that paycheck, and yep, hopefully he's hopefully he's willing to take that discount next year after getting that big five million dollar payout, uh, because he'd have to take a discount in order to stay. Unfortunately, because some a couple of players are going to have to. Even they're even saying like Matt Dumba might have to, after making six mil a year for five years. Uh, Matt Dumba's case because of the salary cap situation. Kevin Fiala, though, good, strong week, I'd have to say. I, I thought he was solid most of the week. Again, uh, many, 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 many chances. Just couldn't get anything to go in. He hit the post against Arizona. Uh, uh, the effort's there. The energy's there. The skill's there. It's not like he's screwing up. Uh, he'll turn the puck over a bit, which is where the frustration came in with Dean Evison and himself. But generally speaking, the overall talent is very, very much evident. <clears throat> it would suck to see him get traded. It would suck to see him go as a free agent, but it might end up happening that way. A couple assists versus Winnipeg, one versus Tampa, zero versus Arizona. And he was actually a minus two versus Arizona. So that's quite unfortunate. Three points in three games, though, for our buddy Kevin Fiala. 82-point uh, pace, right? Okay, I'll get off of that. That sounds a little silly, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah, but I uh, absolutely love what he's brought. Again, fun, fun night versus Tampa. And they get high praise from Coach Cooper. Makes you feel like a million bucks. Thank you, Mr. Cooper. And uh, maybe we'll see you in the finals. Maybe. Maybe. That would be nice. And he was talking about how that, you know, he was kind of talking about that. It'd be, it'd be an interesting matchup someday. Maybe if we were to face off. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Minnesota, though, good solid game versus Arizona. Kind of off to a crappy start. Arizona had been playing a little bit better lately. Guys like Jacob Shigrin has been putting in the points and the overall play of the Arizona Coyotes has been significantly better. There's no question about that. Uh, there's no question. They were able to score early. Kind of a similar goal to Ryan Hartman, quite honestly. Phil Kessel was the uh, Kirill Kaprizov, and Clayton Keller was the Ryan Hartman on his goal. It was pretty nice. Uh, like a nice pass. Phil Kessel with the patience and the, the turnaround release, uh, turnaround wrister, you could say, for Clayton Keller. It was quite impressive. Put Arizona up one nothing, and they had a little more energy in the wild early on, but uh, luckily Minnesota would catch on and get rolling after that. Kapokakinen was in net, which is good. I want to see Kapokakinen and uh, Declan Goff made this statement 
also on uh, Judd's Hockey Show. Yeah, I keep shouting out to them nonstop without even meaning to. Just, you know, I agree with a lot of the things they say, to be quite honest. Uh, Capo Kakinen, he, he wants to see Capo Kakinen in net one, uh, once every three games or so, and I'm, I'm with that. I, I think Minnesota needs that. Obviously, Cam Talbot, if you overuse him, we've seen what happened with Devin Dubnik. We saw what happened with, we really saw what happened with Nicholas Backstrom. Talk about breaking down. But then again, Dubnik broke down pretty much as bad as Backstrom. I mean, it was just, it was like Wiley e. Coyote trying to run into a tunnel that wasn't there. It was just a painted image. That's what it felt like. It was bad. It was, it, it was bad. Uh, the player of the game, I would say, versus Arizona, you could say Kakinen. He faced 31 shots. He stopped 29. Minnesota, though, really started peppering Scott Wedgwood as things kept going. Minnesota, again, 5-2 to win down the stretch. Jordan Greenway, three points, though. He was active. He was solid. He was strong. He had two assists in the game. He finally scored a goal. He was just barely able to tip that thing in. But, hey, he'll take it in 10 out of 10 times. I'm sure he will. That was, uh, it looked like a goal for John Merrill. Wound up being a Jordan Greenway uh, goal, pardon me. Grill Caprice off with a really nice goal as well. At first I thought someone else might have tipped that one, but luckily Kirill Caprice was able to break that one in. And uh, good play, seventh goal of the season. Joel, Joel Erickson with his ninth. Kulikov again continuing to get the assist. Goligoski, Hartman. Hartman is just everywhere. He's the MVP of Minnesota uh, other than Kirill Kaprizov. It's, it's pretty much between those two guys. They're duking it out for the the Hart Trophy, I guess. It's it's those two guys. It's not Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisettle or anything, who we'll be talking about in the second segment. It's not those guys. It's Hartman and Kaprizov. They're Hart, the Hartman Hart. It's going to be the Hartman Trophy when it's all done. That's how good Hartman's been, right? It's going to be the... Yeah, I think you get it. Ha ha, right? Uh, great three-point game, though, for Jordan Greenway. Nice to see him playing a bit better. He's like, Brian DeHame's going to take my job. Matt Boldy's going to take my job. I got to step up a little bit. Got to step up. Well, I mean, if you get traded, maybe you'll get a better chance on a different team. Like uh, maybe you wind up in Ottawa and when and they get better before you know it and blah, blah, blah. Maybe you wind up in Edmonton to help out a couple of uh, superstars. Maybe. Could happen. Could happen. It would, We'll see how willing Minnesota is willing to trade with the Edmontons and the Calgarys of the world. Maybe more of an Ottawa or, yeah, like East East Coast, you know, Eastern Conference type of team, like a Detroit even, where Greenway would probably have a bigger role with, like, a Detroit versus a Toronto. Maybe he'd get some good uh, action in Toronto, maybe, but there's just so much talent there, he might get buried. So, it's just there's so much talent in the pipeline and the uh, grapevine and such of Minnesota. Somebody's got to go, right? Unless we're planning on trading away bro, uh Matthew Boldy, Matt Boldy, I don't know if you want to do that. That might be a uh, massive mistake, to be quite honest. Ryan Hartman, what a deal, what a deal. Oh, I, I just, I still can't get over that. $1.5 million. That was like back when, uh, you know, guys like Andrew Burnett were making like $1.5, $1.7, $2.1, stuff like that. That was years ago, of course, when, you know, Andrew Burnett could have easily been making $5 million a year nowadays. But it's just, obviously, that's how it was. It was a bit cheaper 20 years ago. And it's, unfortunately, that's how it goes. Just just look at our salaries in the workplace nowadays. I mean, and it's, you still feel like you're making, you know, 11 bucks an hour when you're making 20-ish. Or so on and so forth. I'm just making numbers up as you go. But it still feels that way. And then you see someone just walk in the door and they're making 18, 50, 20. Like, what? They haven't done a damn thing and they're like one quarter my age. Okay, not that young, but young. 
it's annoying. Let's keep going. Seriously, let's keep going. Again, nice win for Arizona. Nice win versus Arizona. I'm hoping that team steps up, though. That would be great. Uh, I think the Wild might have the best fourth line in the NHL. <sighs> so impressed. Really impressed with the Wild fourth line. Again, DeHame, Sturm, and Bukestad. Wow, what a nice, physical, skilled, awesome, awesome line. Oh, my God. I love that line so much. Uh, how can you not love those guys? Uh, Sturm, usually, uh, Sturm obviously centers that one. DeHame and Bukestad, don't break them up. And then there's the other line you never want to break up either. It's the version. It's the the modern geek line because, of course, uh, Luke Cunningham's not there anymore. It's Felino instead, who's not a geek. He's like the opposite of a geek. But you get the idea. Drew Lyricsidek, Jordan Greenway, and Marcus Felino. You don't want to break that lineup either. Strong defense, physicality, and success. Like Marcus Felino, look, look look at his numbers. What does he have? Nine goals already on the season. That's that's awesome. And obviously, the leadership is so obvious what he brings. I mean, he could have the C on his chest. Seriously, he could. I honestly think right now he is the captain when Jared Spurgeon is not playing. I, I think he is the captain, de facto, you know, so to speak. Uh, what, what is he? He's fifth on the team in scoring with 15 points, tied with Kevin Fiala. Tied with Kevin Fiala. That's funny. Nine goals, six assists. He's got his 41 PIMS. Ooh, he's got those PIMS. Let's, let's call them penalty minutes, but PIMS... What's the difference? Just say penalty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> leads the team in hits, and leads the team in leadership, leads the team in so many ways, and he can score. He just does a bit of everything, and it, you know, it, back when he first came here at almost three million a year, it was like, what? That much? He's just this fourth liner who's okay, and he wasn't that good his first year, and ever since, though, he's been absolutely great. Absolutely great. Just keeps getting better. Every year he gets better, and it's, it's so much fun to keep up with and uh, debate about and all that. Right now, they're considered the second line, which I think is totally fine. Uh, Felino looks like a top six type of player right now, even though he's, he's middle sticks, generally speaking. Uh, final topic we can have on this one, again, other than Kevin Fiala hitting the post, getting snake bit with that, but sooner or later, I got to think he's going to score a ton of goals. He might have five goals by the end of the month. Uh, five goals in December, I'm saying, if not seven or something like that. Don't be surprised if that happens, actually. Don't be surprised at all. Final thing, uh, Miko Koivu, before we move on into the next segment, might as well talk about it now versus uh, any other time. Miko Koivu, I'll try to keep this fairly short. He's going to have his number retired. There's a bit of a debate with that with Wild fans. So many Wild fans think it's the greatest thing ever and blah, blah, blah. He's the leader in every statistic and this and that. But you got to remember, though, Sam Mitchell was the leading scorer for the Timberwolves for the longest time. And were, were, would everybody be in a rush to retire Sam Mitchell's number for the Timberwolves before Kevin Garnett, the, everybody thinks, yeah, that's the other one. Everybody thinks he's God Almighty, when, which is also not true. Best player in Timberwolves history, yes. Uh, is Quavo the best player in Wild history? I don't know about that. Uh, probably not. And obviously, he's not going to be if Kaprizov uh, hangs around. Obviously, you know, hangs around a bit longer. And of course, uh, some of these other guys that pop up, like Rossi Boldy and such. And it's number nine, which is a very famed number. Of course, not just because of Madonna, but because of guys like Gordy Howe and such. And you'll be losing that number forever. Uh, I understand it's Miko Koivu and what he's meant to this organization, organization, but was he the best leader ever? I mean, I'm not the only person up here saying this. Unfortunately, the fanboys are outnumbering a lot of us out there that are a little more objective. The fanboys out there that want to, like, pound you into the ground. They want to stampede you and smash you and stomp you and trample you into the dirt. 
have you dared to say, Migo Koivu, maybe we should hold off a little bit on this. I'm not saying wait 10 years to retire his number. Like some, some teams, I mean, look at the look at the Edmonton Oilers along they waited to retire Lowe. It's unbelievable. It's absolutely crazy. They, they, Kevin Lowe, I mean, how long, how long has it been since Kevin Lowe's played? So that's pretty crazy. They won, what, four cups with Kevin Lowe? Four cups with Kevin Lowe. Four. Koivu won zero cups. Koivu went to zero conference finals as well. The Wild went to the conference finals after he was drafted, but he wasn't here yet. We went to the second round twice. Twice. Again, put that into perspective. Kevin Lowe was a damn good player. Obviously, he wasn't Gretzky. He wasn't Messier. He wasn't Yari Curry. Uh, he wasn't Paul Coffey. But he was a damn good player. He was at probably the second best defenseman on that team. Koivu, I know. I'm, I know it's a, it's a shitty comparison. I get it. But again, I'm saying don't wait. <laughs> don't wait 20 years. But wait a little while. Maybe wait a little while on it. And in some cases, a lot of people would tell you, don't retire it at all. Be Ring of Honor because it's such an important number. He's not a Hall of Famer, and they did not win the Stanley Cup with um, Higo Cuevo as like, the leader of the team. He's not a Hall of Famer. That's just a fact. That's uh, just a fact. Eric Stahl might end up getting there, but obviously you're not going to retire his number either because he didn't win the Cup here. He didn't play here during most of his career. If he played in Carolina and they retired it, I wouldn't have a problem with that because they won a Cup with Stahl, and he had a hell of a career overall. Koivu, uh, he's a Hall of Fame gritty player in that sense. If there was a gritty, if there was a gritty, solid Hall of Fame, he would definitely be in it. One of the better, uh, one of the better defensive centers in the NHL. He was up for a Selkie award, uh, award once and didn't get it. That's the other thing. He wasn't up for it that much. He wasn't up for that many awards. He made the All-Star team once. Again, it's not about bashing him. It's just about looking at it objectively and not through just Minnesota Wild Shades. You have to be a little more objective about it. I'm trying to be reasonable. I'm not trying to be an ass and trying to push him down and shove him into the ground. Uh, there, you know, obviously he wasn't always good with the media, only after they won. It was stuff like that. Uh, one thing that would make you feel better is that he completely understood the move when Bill Guerin let him go. He was pissed off at the time, of course, but he understands it now, and that was kind of cool to hear him say that, as, as he's like, look at this team, look how well they're doing. I mean, look at look at, look at Bill Guerin did. He wasn't, he wasn't making a mistake. So, it was time to move on. It was absolutely time to move on. Um, I'll probably get back into this some more, maybe into the uh, fan interaction and such. Wouldn't be surprised if uh, somebody uh, uh, brought, brings it up, maybe... Uh, I definitely welcome Derek to talk about it some more. Obviously, uh, we'll probably ha I'll probably have him on the show at some point in the not superly distant future. It's just funny how <laughs> both of us have those kind of funny. Uh, both of us have the schedules like magically when one is not busy, the other one is. It's just how it is, though. I mean, obviously, because he, he's a school teacher, so during the you could call it the cooler months of the year. You know, not not warm months of the year, except when you get closer to June. He's, he's, he's working. Uh, he's working in the morning, and that's when I would be available during, say, let's say, end of November all the way to April. I'm available in the mornings. And then during the lawn season, I'm not. <laughs> and then it's back to two jobs again, that type of thing. So that's how that goes. That's the reason why I haven't been able to have many guests on the show, uh, especially Derek, who I'd enjoy to have on the show as a fairly frequent guest if, if, uh, if I had more time. But 
eventually someday that second job may fade away. So we'll see. I can't do that forever. Sorry for babbling about my life a little bit there, but had to maybe let you let people know the reason why maybe I'm always solo. Even though I very, very, very much enjoy being solo, but at the same time, it's good to have somebody on and hear their perspective as well, especially about somebody like Miko Koivu in, in such a hot debate right now. And it, it, it's a debate that could be still had two or three years from now. There's, there's no problem with that, honestly. Uh, the Mike Madonna Award winner for this episode is Kirill Kaprizov. There's no question he had a great week. Congratulations for <laughs> responding to us. Keep responding to us, Kirill. Come on, Kirill, you're disappointing. Keep keep responding. See, if, if I keep saying he, he was disappointing, maybe he'll get six points again this upcoming week. That'd be great, or eight points. Yeah, you're, you're disappointing, Kirill. <laughs> yeah, I know, obviously. Uh, the <laughs> James Shepard Memorial. This week, it's like I'm not really mad at anybody. I know I would sound milk toast. I really sound milk toast when I do that. Capo Kakinen was solid. Talbot was so good. Uh, you could say the injury bug, the sick bug. It's kind of a pain. We'll call it the sick bug. It's now uh, Frederick Goudreau as well. Uh, is in COVID protocol. Uh, Zuccarello's been out again, which is annoying. It sucks, but hey, at least we're hanging in there very nicely, despite the you know despite the fact we're missing him. I can't give Jordan Greenway. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't give it to him. I don't think any of the defensemen are really that bad. Obviously, love John Merrill. Jordy Ben's okay. Uh, why kick on it? Why, why, why kick him in the face? He just got a chance to play a little bit. And he wasn't bad. What is he, a plus four on the year? So I'm going to just kind of say the sick bug. We'll just call it the, the flu, basically, is what the uh, <laughs> the flu is. The uh, Johnny, uh, I call it Johnny Flint, Jordan Shepard, James Shepard Memorial for the show. <laughs> With that said, We'll take a quick break and preview a few games and then look at the prospects and then fan interaction, segment number three. Segment number two, preview, and then look at the prospects. we got three games to preview as we head into the month of December. Eh? New Jersey Devils come to XL Energy Center. I should back up here really quick. New Jersey Devils in XL Energy Center. Toronto Maple Leafs come to the XL Energy Center. Welcome, Eastern Conference teams. We missed you. And, and Northern Conference, or Northern Division, yeah. North Division, the Norris. That's the real Norris, Toronto. And then we play the Edmonton Oilers after a two-day break, Sunday, Monday off. Edmonton Oilers in Edmonton, Alberta. Looking forward to that big time. New Jersey Devils. They're kind of in the, they're 9, 7, and 4. They're kind of uh, getting back into being somewhat competitive again. Jesker Borkvist has an upper body injury as of November the 20th. Tice Thompson, shoulder injury, April the 13th. Christian Jaros, hand injury. That doesn't sound good. Maybe it's a broken, maybe broken bone, maybe. 
or a contusion, as people might say, November the 6th. Frederick Rudeau, COVID, oh, that was COVID-19. My apologies. I'm getting it mixed up with uh, other players here. Matt Zuccarello, upper body injury, November 26th. COVID protocol for Frederick Rudeau on November the 30th. And Jared Spurgeon, lower body injury, left the game on November the 20th. Goal of the Wilder, third in goals. New Jersey 22nd. New Jersey's 14th in goals against. 25th in assists. Shooting percentage 20th. The Wild are second in assists. Fourth in shooting percentage. Isn't that nice? The penalty minutes were slightly better now at 29th versus 31st, which was really bad. Uh, New Jersey's 13th in penalty minutes. Penalty kills 22nd. Power plays 29th. So, yeah, not, not that great. Obviously not a great team. Minnesota didn't play so well against them last time around, but still got the win. Hopefully we can continue to do that. New Jersey is 2-3 and three in their last five after losing to the Tampa... No, beating the Tampa Bay Lightning 5-3. Losing to the Wild, of course, on November the 24th. Losing to Nashville 4-2. 4-2 to win versus Philly on the 28th and lost to San Jose 5-2 to recently on the 30th of November. Minnesota's 4-1 and with a four-game win streak at the moment. Would not be surprised if the Wild are able to successfully sweep this team. Winning in New Jersey, i got to think, is harder than winning in the X, even though we've had some fun, funny, crappy moments in the X over the years. There's just something different about this team. It's hard to doubt them at this moment, though, of course. You know, no team is perfect. And, of course, you know, those losing both of those games to the two Florida teams a few weeks back was not too surprising at the end of the day. That was about a week and a half ago is what I'm trying to say. And, yep, and getting, yeah, yeah, that was what it was. About a week and a half ago, Florida and Tampa, and then the Wild won four games in a row with uh, some days off in between. That's one of the reasons for the gap here. I was like, wait a minute, was it already that long ago? And, yeah, it was a couple days off of the gap and everything. New Jersey, though, I mean, the Wilds should be able to get the job done again and sweep this team. I will say yes, because you got two tougher games coming up. So if you're gonna, if you're only gonna go one and two, you better win this one. Hopefully the Wild go at least two and one though. Uh, you better, yeah. If you're gonna go two and one, is what I should say. You better take care of this, uh, this one because Toronto and Edmonton is not gonna be that easy. Though we'll see what happens there. Uh, Minnesota is gonna win the game. Final score four to two versus the New Jersey Devils. Might take a uh, Felino or Brodeen or Dumba. Empty netter to wrap it up, but uh, yeah, I don't think we go to the shootout this time. The Wild went 4-2 versus the New Jersey Devils. Most likely got to score. Who, who do you think it's going to be? Who do you think it's going to be? Kevin Fiala is going to score his fourth goal of the year versus the New Jersey Devils. Minnesota wins the game. We'll continue rapido if I can possibly do that. Toronto Maple Leafs come to town. They're seventh in goals, fourth in goals against. They're good at everything. Power plays eighth, penalty kills seventh, penalty minutes there third. They are getting the job done. Jack Campbell, former Los Angeles King, he backed up Jonathan Quick forever, and he'd have some mediocre moments, because that team is just weird. They're not real good. Wow, Jack Campbell's taking the reins of that goaltender position. He's been in 19 games now. He's dominating the position. Joseph Wool's out a couple of good games, 3-0, and actually, as backup, or Peter Mrazek, who's had some awful starts, uh, just two of them. Michael Hutchinson, wow, remember that name. Uh, you're uh, with the Winnipeg Jets and such. Jack Campbell, though, 13-4, and 172 goals against average. Save percentage, 94.3, three shutouts on the year. Whoa, whoa, that's going to be a tough match. Tough one, tough match up, not match. This is not soccer. I told I'll take hockey 10 out of 10 times over soccer. Sorry, I'm doing that. And I'm saying it right to your face. John Tavares, 11 goals, 14 assists, leading the way. 
for the Toronto Maple Leafs, the captain leading the way in scoring, leading in everything except for goals and assists, I guess. Never mind. <laughs> Austin Matthews has the most goals at 13. He's been great, obviously. Mitch Warner has been really good. 15 assists on the air. It's a hell of a team with tons of talents. And, man, with Jack Campbell doing as well as he's done, and this team just kind of dominating puck possession, Toronto looks freaking dangerous. 5-0 and in their last five. Wow. Shutting out the New York Islanders. We th I think I know who was in net for that one. Wow. On the 21st. That was in New York, by the way. Not easy. In Los Angeles, Jack Campbell saying, screw you guys. 6-2 to win. If he was in net in that game, I think he was. 6-2 to win, though. Crushing Jonathan Quick and the Kings. They're just... Yeah. Need to move on at goaltender, by the way. There, there's a... They need to move on at goaltender. I'm sorry. He's Devin Dubnik now. It's time to move on, okay? San Jose Sharks beat the Sharks 4-1, beat the Anaheim Ducks 5-1. And then, what is going on? 8-3 over Colorado. Darcy, are you okay? Darcy, are you okay, man? <laughs> wow, that's bad. That's bad. And then it looks like a significant amount of time off, three days off, to play the Minnesota Wild. The Wild do not win this game. The Wild have a five-game winning streak come to an end, unfortunately versus the Toronto Maple Leafs. This does not mean the Wild can't beat the Maple Leafs in a seven-game series. This does not mean the Wild can't compete against this club. It doesn't mean anything necessarily. Toronto is damn good, and I do think they'd be a very tough out should Minnesota play Toronto in the Stanley Cup Final, which would be really cool, and I mean beyond cool to see both of those teams in the Stanley Cup Final. But um, Toronto's going to end up winning the game 3-2. Uh, I mean, they're going to score I got a bad feeling. I, I hope Talbot... Uh, I don't think you're going to put Kakin in it. I hope Talbot doesn't get beat too badly. Oh, I got a crappy feeling. It's going to be... Uh, oh, I think it's going to be like 5-3 to three Toronto. They're, they're going to score goals. It's going to be 5-3 to three Toronto. Most likely you got to score for Minnesota. Will be Marcus Foligno. He'll, he'll get a goal in the game, I believe. At least his 10th goal of the season. If he didn't get one versus New Jersey. Uh, Minnesota, though, does not beat Toronto. 5-3 to three loss to the Maple Leafs as I'll continue forward here. One of my favorite teams only because of just, uh, well, you know, the good old days with the Edmonton Oilers, you know, the, the 80s Oilers. I always bring it up. Have you ever heard of the 80s Oilers? <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love it. Love the team, uh, the history and all that. But obviously you want to beat them now. And yes, they have their Lemieux and Yager situation going on. <laughs> of course, yeah, both of them are centers, so slightly different situation. More like Gretzky and Messier, I guess. Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. And I'll say this, I think I believe I've said it before. Before uh, I, I, I think Leon Dreisaitl is one of the most underrated players in the league, no matter how much credit he gets. Think, think about it. He's actually outscored Connor McDavid a few times. Just, just, just let that sink in for a minute here and realize how good he is. He's actually been the leader in scoring more than once in that club. And I don't mean just goals, I mean everything. Uh, December the 7th, of course, that'll be the first one. It'll be a three-game series, January 12th and April 12th. Cool. It's nice to be playing the Edmonton Oilers, Calgary Flame-type teams again. It's so much fun. You just feel alive again. You really do. Cody CC COVID protocol as of November the 30th. Duncan Keith, former Blackhawk. Upper body injury as of November the 23rd. And Darnell Nurse, who's been a little bit of a wild killer historically. Fractured finger as of November 19th. So I guess we won't have to worry about him. Edmonton continues to be excellent, though. And I'm glad they're good because if Edmonton sucks, that's not good for hockey. Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, not uh, on a good team. 
That, that's a waste. They have the best power play in the league and the third best penalty kill. Whoa, that makes a big difference. They're actually fourth in goals for, yeah, I just said that. Goals against their 15th. That's actually better than us, which is funny. Both teams are tied for second in assists. That's kind of crazy. And look at the shooting percentage, fourth and second, respectively. Edmonton is unbelievable offensively. But they're pretty good defensively, too. Penalty kill's third. Their penalty kill is third. So they have the got to be the best special teams in the NHL with the best power play and the third best penalty kill. Uh, outstanding. Goaltending is mediocre, generally speaking. Mike Smith has been hurt, unfortunately. He's been out forever, so it's been Miko Koskinen, like it or not, for a, quite a while now. He's 12-2 and two because they're scoring in front of him. He's giving up 2.82 goals and a 91.4 save percentage. That definitely helps with a great penalty kill in front of you. No shutouts on the year for any Edmonton goaltender. Drysdale with 41 points with 20 goals. He's actually ahead of Connor McDavid. What did I tell you? 20 goals, 21 assists. McDavid, 15 goals, 25 assists. Nugent, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Is he on the wing? Is he playing third-line center? He's, he's been on the wing generally, so what am I talking about? He's generally been on the wing, but been successful in the power play as well. He's just a very valuable guy. 12 power play assists. Wow. Uh, Connor McDavid has had a couple of insane highlight goals on the season. And don't be surprised if he scores against us at some point. Uh, but yeah, we won't have to read about Darnell Nurse doing that at the moment. I know he again he was a wild killer in the past. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, the third leading scorer, has half the points of McDavid and Drysdale. It's kind of funny. Again, he was also a number one overall pick years ago before uh, Connor McDavid. Drysdale was like was he third? Oh, the two teams that didn't take him. Mm-mm-mm. Let me tell you. Edmonton four and one in their last five. They beat the Chicago Blackhawks five to two on November the twentieth. Lost in Dallas 4-1, beat Arizona 5-3, beat Vegas in Vegas, and again it was in Arizona as well, 3-2, and then beat Pittsburgh 5-2 just recently. Pretty cool. Damn impressive what Edmonton's been able to do during the course of the season. Uh, For some reason, it's strange. Whenever Edmonton's good, the Wild play well against them. And whenever Edmonton... Okay, but obviously it's a different era. Completely different, so maybe I should throw all that away. But... I got a feeling the Wild beat Edmonton. I've got a feeling. It's going to be an awesome matchup between these two teams. Obviously, either team can get the job done. In in the past, I would have said Edmonton rolls over the Wild. But I think the Wild beat Edmonton in this game. I think so. I think it's going to be something along the likes 4-2, 4-3. Might go to a, a overtime uh, period where... Uh, or a shootout or something like that where uh, Kirill Kaprizov or Kevin Fiala is the hero, which was, which is what would happen. I'll go with uh, Kirill Kaprizov is going to be the most likely guy to score in this one. Number 97 versus number 97. Very, very cool. And it, <laughs> I, I, I think it's awesome. Two of the greatest players in the NHL right now. I uh, really appreciate what both of them brings to the table. I believe both of them were born in 97, so that's part of it. Yeah, both of them were born in 1997, so that's part of it. That's a lot of times what it is, but whatever. You know, obviously it's cool if uh, Kaprizov is honoring uh, Connor McDavid, but I I think most of it's the year they were born. That's my guess. I, th- I think I get a question about that, actually, in the uh, fan interaction segment. With that said, though, let's uh, get off of this and start looking at the prospects, eh? Let's get into those prospects right now, and as usual, we're going to open up with the Iowa Wild, and all you got to do is pretty much click on Matthew Boldy, 
and load that from there. <laughs> He's been great. Matt Boldy, Matthew Boldy, however you want to say it. We always appreciate what uh, Boldy's able to bring. About a point, about two points a game so far uh, with the late start to the season again with the, uh, the injury. Unfortunately, in Boldy's case, four games, six total points. So just uh, just under two points a game at this at this stage. Keelan Addison's backup with Minnesota has actually been playing forward, which is pretty cool. That was interesting to see. He certainly got the skills. And again, that's what happens when you have sudden people getting sick like uh, Frederick Goudreau. So tough situation there. And Damian Giroux still stuck at four points. Actually, yeah, I believe he got one point. He had tw uh, 12 games. Last time I did the show, he had three points. Now he's at 15 games and one uh, one more point added on. So that's good, I guess. Joe Hicketts continues to be dominant on the power play. 13 points in only 14 games. Marco Rossi was hit in the face in a kind of a cheap shot against the uh, Henderson Silver Knights. That was not a good moment at all. Very, very frustrating. Hopefully he's okay, but still absolutely dominating. The one complaint about him moving to the next level is that he hangs onto the puck a little too much. That's what I hear from Pat McAletty. Uh, basically, that was his comment generally about it. And yeah, I mean, I could see that a little bit, but generally speaking, the skill's there, and that's something that can be adjusted quickly, I think, in his case. It's just, you know, it's a faster game at the NHL versus the AHL. It's just that simple. Like, any time with any sport, baseball, basketball, everything's faster. NFL, you know, from, like, uh, minor league to the uh, professional. Even though the AHL's not too far removed from the NHL, to be quite fair. Mason Shaw, 13 points in 15 games. Continues to be wonderful. Nick Sweeney's definitely cooled off from a spectacular start, but still, you know, 12 points in 15 games is nothing to sneeze at. No doubt. Uh, Adam Beckman, 8 points in 11 games thus far. Again, late start to the season for him because he was he was too busy in the National Hockey League. He was, he was too good for you guys. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Again, Andrew Hammond, 3 shutouts on the year, 2.14 goals against average, 5-1. and one. Again, after a crappy start, Derek Barabo, Three goals against, again, he's kind of all over the place, but when he's good, he's very good. Derek Barabo has his good moments. Cody McLeod stood up for uh, Marco Rossi during that crappy moment as well. Really appreciate the uh, Wiley veteran, 37-year-old, who just, he must love the game very much because to be hanging out in the AHL like that, you know, on the fourth, third and fourth lines of the AHL and uh, getting at fights, protecting young players. Thank you, Cody. I appreciate that, honestly. I do. Uh, they're happy to have him, I'm sure in a big way. Uh, Matthew Boldy looks, in a lot of ways, he looks like he's the most ready out of all the prospects in the AHL. Pat Boldy's the closest to the National Hockey League. Like, he could just jump in right now. It's just, again, it's a roster situation. You can't just, you know, force him in there necessarily. Uh, so, that's the situation. Somebody's probably going to have to get traded at some point. Uh, obviously, Boldy, though, if he's gonna, if he's as good as, as he appears to be, He's going to have to be in the NHL regardless. Like somebody's going to have to get scratched or traded. It's just that simple uh, to get Matthew Boldy in the in the lineup. So that's just how it goes. Now I'll attempt to go to uh, the other minor league club this time around. Just kind of jump into that. As far as I have to find find where I'm going here with Bryce Misley. Misley, who's actually done a hell of a job. He's doing really well for the Iowa Highlanders. Unfortunately, the team kind of, with all due respect, kind of stinks. Like, they've been losing every game. They, they stink. They, they can't stop. They can't stop anybody or anything right now. But Bryce Misley, to be fair, he's been scoring. He's been getting points. Uh, the only guy who's leading him right now is Chris Bennett. He's the top-line center. Bryce Misley's in the second-line center, basically. 
at only 21 years of age out of Calgary, Alberta. 13 points in 17 games. Again, this is the ECHL. They call it hockey purgatory, but it's still there for a reason. And when you have some good prospects that are, you know, you have tons of prospects in the AHL and you have ones that need to play, get significant action, thank God for the ECHL. And some of these guys, you never know. They might climb the ladder all the way up. Again, it's like guys like Hunter Jones, who, you know, is a legitimate prospect. He's not really ready for the AHL, so at least there's the ECHL for him. And there's spots taken already. That's the whole point. So that's where a guy like a Alexander Hovanov, instead of rotting on the third or fourth line, he could be up there on the top two lines in the, in the top six, which is a better way to go about it, and get the job done. Six points in eight games. Alexander Hovanov is now finally becoming a factor in the prospect system outside of uh, outside of the juniors now. So now he's actually in professional hockey. Couldn't couldn't shake it in the uh, KHL last year, but uh, well, in eight games, six points so far, two goals, four assists, and hoping for the best as Alexander Hovanov continues to get better and better. Number eleven, huh? Number eleven for Hovey. Hmm. Hmm. Number eleven. Are we gonna Are we gonna say screw you, Zach Parit? No, I don't think they will. <laughs> I don't think they will. Oh, you. I'll leave that alone. I better shut up and get off of that. But uh, nice to see Hovanov and Misley, Misley doing well in the ECHL at the very least. The Iowa Heartlanders. So cool that we're all in Iowa. That's kind of good. Keep everybody in the same place. It'd be even better though if it was in the, all in the Twin Cities, wouldn't it? St. Paul, Minnesota Wild. Maybe it's the St. Paul Wild for the AHL team or the Minneapolis. Now nah, let's stay off of that. I wouldn't mind the Golden Valley Heartlanders. You know, you build an arena and yeah, it's not going to happen. I better shut up now. <laughs> I just wish, you know. Wouldn't that be cool? Let's attempt to go to college if humanly possible. Jack McBain, that's the best route to go against senior for Boston Boston College. Uh, I was not was unable to get a point this past week. In fact, uh, yeah, nothing really took place here. Nope, yeah, he didn't. Yeah, he was un he was unable to get a point this week, but still 19 points in 14 games. Nikita Nesterenko is climbing up a bit. He continues to get better and better. 11 points in 14 games. I don't, yeah, Boston College actually did not play this past week. Certain colleges didn't, certain, certain ones didn't. Boston College did not play because this is the same, 14 games. So I apologize for that. Um, so that's my bad there. But I do not, obviously the Gophers played and they split against North Dakota. That was a fun, entertaining matchup at the very least. I do believe University of Connecticut did play. Yeah, but yeah, yeah they did. Vladislav Firstov, again, junior for University of Connecticut out of Yoro. Yaroslav Russia with 8 points in 12 games. He's mostly a guy that focuses on offense, offense, offense from what I hear from Smoke Z and such. Uh, but generally speaking, he's definitely an offensive player. I'm not sure where, what to make of him. We could see him in the ECHL probably at first, depending on how many uh, top prospects are in the AHL. That's kind of the whole reasoning, or that's the whole question there when you look at that. So now we'll quickly move into Europe and juniors and such. <clears throat> Let's go with juniors for now. Pavel Novak, WHL. He just continues to get better and better. 23 points in 18 games. 10 goals. He's got a nice shot. Good overall abilities. He's a plus 10 on the year for the Kelowna Rockets. Pavel Novak, fifth round pick in 2020 by Billy G. Billy G. Matt Viguskov. He's actually in the KHL. He's been 
okay, adequate. Six points in 23 games. So he jumped into Europe there for a split second. I thought he was, yeah, yeah, he's still under the KHL. That's where he is. Uh, again, not spectacular numbers. Sam Hench is only five games so far. And unfortunately, he's not been healthy. And that sucks. But five points in the five games point a game for the first time in his career as a senior for the National Runners up St. Cloud State, unfortunately, but hurt, which sucks. Let's go to his teammate real quick, Jack Pert. Six points in ten games. He's been missing action as well, and that sucks. I've been kind of bouncing through college, and cause, uh, so some of these teams played, some of them didn't. That's what gets kind of, you know, confusing and such. And Obviously, in the juniors, they all play because it's, it's in Canada, so... And, you know, they, they have their own Thanksgiving in Canada. That's why they make sure to let us know. Guys like Isha Jerome, American Thanksgiving. I, I know, I know. <laughs> God bless Isha of the, uh, the Soda Pod. Damon Hunt and, of course, uh, Hoppy as well, uh, locally here in the Twin Cities. Damon Hunt, yep, 14 points in 18 games. Obviously continuing to bring what he <laughs> what he does for the Moose Jaw Warriors got a wonderful future what a you know he's definitely got a, he's definitely going to be an offensive defenseman I mean he's got a little bit of Dumba in him with that big shot and such he could be a solid solid player but I think uh I'll stay off of that I was like he you, you, you never know though if Dumba becomes too expensive and we have to like let him go which I don't think they're going to do they seem to absolutely love him and he loves it here but if they're unable to keep him for whatever reason Kalen Addison, Damon Hunt are the kind of guys that you might be looking at. And, of course, Carson Lambos long-term. Uh, he has just been absolutely nuts. Carson Lambos, but he's on the left side, so that's another way to look at that. Damon Hunt is actually left as well. So, yeah, Damon Hunt, he, I think he could play in any situation, honestly. I think he could be on the third pairing. He could be on the top pairing as things go forward. Ryan O'Rourke is kind of the same way, extremely solid 31 penalty minutes, definitely a leader there for the Sioux Greyhounds. He's the absolute captain, 16 points in 19 games. Only three goals, but leading that power play, though, when need be. Uh, definitely has offensive ability at times. Now we can go to the Winnipeg Ice with Carson Lambos. What a stud. Uh, 18 points in 19 games thus far for him. Five of them goals. Jasper Wallstedt still stuck at the same number, so that's interesting. So I'll kind of leave those alone for now. Kadian Bankure, 19 points in 19 games, eight of them goals. Kadian Bankure, absolutely love that guy. Uh, the Camelot's Blazers, Josh Pilar. He's my favorite prospect right now, other than uh, Carson Lombos, you could say. Uh, Josh Pilar, 27 points in 19 games. Can't wait to see what he can do in the AHL or ECHL, whatever it is. Let's say the AHL. I really want to see Josh Pilar coming coming to to the to the pros as soon as possible. Uh, I, I think there's so much ability there. Honestly, not sure why he slipped as far as he did. Nate Benoit got his second point this past week. Yes, Nate Benoit. Two points now in 17 games for the Tri-City Storm. Congratulations, Nate Benoit actually scored a goal. He had an assist, now he's got a goal. Good for him. Marat Kuznadinov still stuck at 11 points, now 29 games. So he's certainly quieted down in the point production, but still bringing that energy and that defense and creating scoring chances for teammates. But yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, obviously it's a work in progress. He got serious talent, but it's going to take a little while for him to get here. Obviously, a couple years away, but once he's here, we're going to really enjoy what we got. And 
you have a legitimate center for many years to come, along with Marco Rossi and Ryan Hardman, who I still can't believe it. He's the best center on the wild right now. He's the best center on the wild, even better than Jules Eriksson Eck, which sounds weird, but he is. Back to Europe, Philip Johansson and Simon Johansson, seven points for Philip in 22 games. Can't really babble too much about him. Simon Johansson, again, was is uh, was had seven. He had seven points for Elvis Tamper, and now and now it's uh, unknown what's going on in Jardins. And that's where he was before. He's been kind of back and forth, been moving around a bit in the uh, Swedish hockey leagues and such. So kind of un, unsure what to say with Simon Johansson at the moment, but uh, hopefully <laughs> hopefully there's still NHL in his future. I kind of doubt it. I think if either one of the Johansons makes it, it's probably Philip to the NHL, and he'd be a third-pairing guy. I, I don't really see him being a second-pairing, so definitely not worthy of a 24th pick, but still, if he's a legitimate NHLer, what the hell? Why not? You know, what the hell? Uh, we're enjoying the third pairings we have right now, but of course, they're not going to be here forever. That's just an unfortunate fact for them. With that said, we'll take a quick break and return for fan interaction. here on Brave the Wild, segment number three, Fan Interaction. See, it looks like I've got a good number of questions here. I can't thank Derek enough. Derek Felska, at Crease and Assist, at Crease and Assist, says, got a burning Minnesota Wild question on your mind. Ask, uh, just ask Brave the Wild, tag your questions, hashtag BTWMN, hashtag BTWMN. That's what you got to do in order to jump in. And you're free to do that anytime during the course of the week. You don't have to look for the bad signal if uh, if that's what you're looking for. That's totally fine. And in a lot of ways, maybe it's a reminder for some of you. But if you want to, you can just put the hashtag anytime. Hashtag BTWMN uh, anytime, though. It seems like, seems like usually people need a little bit of a reminder at the end of the day. Derek jumps in right away. At Crease and Assist, that's where he writes. He writes a blog for the Minnesota Wild. Lots of times game reviews or stories and such. Really, really well, really well done. And is not a homer. That's a good thing. Not a homer. Uh, you don't get the uh, classic, you know, team propaganda nonsense that a lot of people like to put out there and uh, get offended any time somebody doesn't worship every player on the roster with the name Koivu Parisi Suter. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Derek Felska says, The New Jersey Devils just signed Jack Hughes to an eight-year, eight-million-a-season contract extension. Do you think we are headed to another NHL lockout? Mm, maybe. Maybe. Because Jack Hughes, has he lived up to the hype so far? Let's let's be honest, okay? Am I a bad hockey fan now? Not just a bad Wild fan for saying Kaprizov wasn't good at the beginning of the year, even though he's improved greatly since the last couple of weeks here. Eight years, eight million for Jack Hughes. Has he been that good? I barely even noticed him out there. I barely did. Uh, Lafayette, La has he been anywhere near it? And obviously it's it's early, this and that, but... Connor McDavid was great right away, you know, like all the hype and all that. Connor McDavid, uh, Sidney Crosby, they were both great immediately. Like there was no wait. A lot of these guys, they're not living up to the hype. They're just simply not. 
Uh, eight years, eight million. Ooh, we, we might be, and I sure as heck hope not. Hopefully the TV contract helps. That might help, but I, I don't know. I really hope not. I, I think the TV contract might help with that, but uh, we'll just have to wait and see, I guess. God, that's we've, we've had enough of that, haven't we? There was actually literally a labor dispute during Thanksgiving, or like around Thanksgiving for a few months last year when the season didn't start till January. That was actually a labor dispute, which uh, obviously Derek knows, but some of you maybe, maybe, may or may not. That might be more casual fans. Derek Felska says, what are your thoughts on Jordy Ben's place since Jared Spurgeon went down to a body injury? Was it good to get him playing time, or should we have given Kalen Addison that time instead? I'd rather see Kalen Addison, frankly, but if Addison's going to keep getting better in the AHL, so be it, I suppose. It's kind of a, I, I kind of have a mixed opinion on that one. As uh, Addison's obviously still super young. Uh, you know, Jordy Ben is just kind of, he's just kind of what he is. He's a seventh defenseman. I say the more Kalen Addison plays, the better. So I'll, I'll lean in that direction. Next, uh, K-Fan Girl, welcome aboard. She says, I understand that we don't want to burn contract years, but wouldn't it be beneficial for the future, as she puts parentheses, to find out what it's like when we put Rossi and Boldy with Kaprizov and or Fiala instead of trading away Fiala because he's streaky. Maybe his line mates stink. That's a good, that's not a bad take. Uh, <laughs> I would love to see at least, at least Boldy with Fiala. I would love to see at least Boldy with Fiala. It'd be really interesting if Boldy, uh, Fiala, and, uh, Rossi, that'd be really, really cool. I think uh, that was put together a couple times in the preseason. It was pretty cool. It was pretty damn cool. I would not be against seeing that. It sounds like they want to be patient with Rossi at the moment. Maybe he's got to get his quickness going. Obviously, the skill set is very much there. He's dominating the AHL, but it's going to be a speed adjustment, a quickness, not speeds, quickness adjustment for Rossi to the NHL. That's what that's what the some of the talk is. Where I think Boldy's ready right now. Boldy and Fiala together with, you know, Ryan Hartman, uh, Jewel Erickson Eck, even Fred, I won't say that name. Maybe not Maybe not him, but uh, he is a good passer, Frederick Goodrow. But, yeah, I would love to see Rossi with them. But it sounds like that's one of the reasons for the delay on Rossi at the moment. Derek Velska says, does retiring, here it is. <laughs> does retiring, Captain... Clydesdale, number nine, make the wild look foolish. Should we have retired number nine for Alexander Dagg instead? He was at least first in something. First overall pick. <laughs> Hashtag somewhat sarcasm. Oh, a little. It makes us look. It makes us look pretty empty at the end of the day. It's like, obviously, Miko Koivu was better for the Wild than say Sam Mitchell was for the Timberwolves. But again, Sam Mitchell did lead the Wolves in scoring all time for an extended period for quite a while before Garnett did pass it. It's pretty crazy when you think about that. It, it just, it does show how empty our, our, our history is with certain guys that only stay for a little while or they wouldn't live up to their hype or we didn't sign anybody or whatever the heck it was. It was mostly just bad drafting really was what was the main problem with the Wild for many, many years. And then uh, Chuck Fletcher finally struck gold in the fifth round with Kirill Kaprizov. And now it looks like uh, Paul Fenton with Boldy and Garen with Rossi and obviously uh, Beckman also with uh, Fenton. Could be really, really cool. Um, 
We'll see uh, some more gold possibly with Garen in this year's draft as well. Um, it doesn't look good necessarily. No, I'm not against that thought. I'm not. It, it doesn't look so great. It makes us look kind of desperate in a way. But again, I have nothing against Koivu in generally speaking. But let's just say inside inside conversation with Derek only, uh, basically, I agree with a lot. I agree with pretty much everything you were saying behind the scenes. Uh, it's, you know, it's not, it's, Koivu's history with the Wild really isn't all that rich and, 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 and great. It, it's not. I'm just going to leave it at that. Uh, next thing, Derek says the Ottawa Senators just put Mad Murray on waivers for the purpose of being traded. Should the Wild uh, be even remotely interested in perhaps a Victor Rask for Murray deal? As State of the Hobby suggested on the Soda Pod, like, dislike, I'd be open to it, but I, I think I'm okay with Kakinen at the at the moment. The only reason I would go after Matt Murray would be as say I was disappointed in, uh, say, if Cam Talbot was to fall off the face of the earth. Because I'm not ready to move on Kakinen. I think there's something there, at least as a long-term backup, who can start, you know, that kind of thing. You know, like, a, yeah, who can start for stretches as well. That's the one reason I might not be interested in doing that because I don't want to push Kakinen down. So it's not the dumbest idea. Murray obviously won a Stanley Cup with Pittsburgh. He was very good. He's been kind of all over the place. So I'll say I'll say a very moderate no at this moment. Jay Bushy, welcome back to the show. He says Russo has said that the Wild can't afford to resign Fiala. If a Fiala-JT Miller trade opportunity becomes available, would you be in favor of it? Uh, yes, I would. Obviously, uh, JT Miller plays a position of need. I think he would help the Wild a lot. Uh, it would be a damn shame, though. I think Fiala has a higher ceiling. Even though JT Miller is really good, obviously there's some serious talent there. He's a 70-point type of center. Uh, so, at center, obviously, is a position of need, even though it looks better now because Ryan Hartman looks like a 70-point center. But is he, though? Is Ryan Hartman a 70-point center? I don't know. That's hard to hard to say. Let's see how long it lasts. And, of course, uh, Jules Erksenek is not a 70-point center. At best, he'll be 50 to 60. 60 would be really, 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 really high, I think, for uh, Jules Erksenek. Uh, spectacular defensive player. I think he might be a Selkie Award guy. Derek has another one, says, I think the Canucks are going to wait, uh, are going to want a, a lot more sweeteners for that. That's the other thing. Yeah. I mean, Fiala might have a super high ceiling, but Miller's a position of need. That's where there's a little bit of conversation there. Looks like there's a little extra mixed in here. Uh, Tom Hayen says, would be surprised. Miller making 5.2 this year and next, he, and he ain't taking a discount when his next contract comes due. We'll have to move more money out the door. Yeah, that's the other side of it. Oh, yeah, that's the other side of it. It's going to be really an interesting situation. Because, yeah, you trade people, you're going to have, you know, you get somebody back and they make money and they're going to want money. That is a very interesting situation. Jay Bushy responds to Tom saying, Miller is a center making similar money to Fiala. We need some further depth in the middle. I think you'd have to kick the tires on this and also see what his demands for a future contract would be. I really don't want to lose Fiala, but center depth is needed. Yep, as we put the explanation points. I, I'm not against kicking the tires and maybe kind of back-channel conversations and such. It's not a, it's not always the prettiest thing, but uh, interesting. Oh, yeah, thanks, Derek, for sharing that as well. Yep, um, sharing uh, Tom Hayen's comment. Ooh. 
that is a tough situation, isn't it? The, the salary cap situation is not going to be easy. The one positive of it, well, guess what, folks? Matthew Boldy, Marco Rossi, welcome aboard. Adam Beckman, let's go. Let's do it. You want it? You got it. Okay. That's the way you want it. That's the way you're going to get it. Jonathan Winters from It's a Mad, 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 Mad World giving you his, his opinion on that. And yeah, that's the way you want it. That's the way you're going to get it. And yeah, <laughs> it's, it is. Let's get to Brian Herrera. He says, uh, all right, I got a tough one for you this time. How many goals will Hartman get this year? This guy has been so clutch for us. And I think half his goals are late game tying or game winners. Hell yeah. Uh, hell yeah. That's a good one. Um how long is it going to last? He's got 12 already. Does he have 30 goals in him? Oh, 25. I'll say 25. I, I, I'm, uh, I'll say 25. That's reasonable. 25 is freaking awesome for Ryan Hartman. And maybe he ends up racking up the assists as well. And he ends up having a 50-plus point season. That'd be awesome. 60-70 from Ryan Hartman would be great. Uh, I'm not sold 100% that he's going to be a 70-point guy, but... I, if I'm wrong and he gets to 30 plus, more power to him. That's freaking cool. But right now, I'll stick with a 25. Derek Falska says, rank the Wilds TV play-by-play broadcasters from best to worst. Current or all-time? That's the one thing. Probably all-time, maybe. Uh, play-by-play broadcasters. Anthony LaPenta. And then there was that Herrera. Mike Goldberg's number one. Lepanta is kind of a middle middle of the road, number two, and uh, Terahar is number three. Even though Terahar was fine, but I think I like Lepanta a little more. That's the TV play-by-play broadcasters, right? So, yeah. Uh, radio, obviously, it's been Joe O'Donnell now. They, uh, they score! That's the only thing I don't like is how he says scores. Otherwise, I think he's really good. And then Bob Kurtz is a legend. Uh, Kurtz still has the lead for that just because he's a legend, obviously. But that's the radio, so I apologize. Let's keep going. Mike, I, I hope I answered the question properly there. I uh, all Well, yeah, that is probably all time, right? Obviously, the color commentators, you got Wes Walls, uh, Ryan Carter, Lou Nanny's been in there on occasion, just here and there. Um, mm, I think I like Ryan Carter a lot as the color commentator. I mean, I, I like Walls, too, though. Some people don't like him. Some people do. I'm okay with Walls. Carter might be the best, I think, out of that group, out of the uh, color commentators. I think maybe Ryan Carter. Uh, Mike Moko V 65 says, uh, here is one that has not been asked. How do you think Kirill the Thrill will do? Feel, uh, I think you'll feel going up. Oh, here we go. Going up against Connor McDavid. I don't think it's a coincidence he shows number 97. Mostly it's because of the year they were born. But, yeah, at the same time, yeah, I, I wouldn't doubt there's an admiration for Connor McDavid as well. Uh, hell of a passer uh, when it comes to a Kirill Kaprizov, and obviously Connor McDavid's a hell of a passer, hell of a playmaker. It's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's going to be, I think he's going to really enjoy it, and I think he will score a goal at least against the Edmonton Oilers. I think he scores at least a goal, and he has a multi-point game against the Edmonton Oilers. What do you think of that? Um, <clears throat> the way he's playing right now, it's going to be thrilling to be to be blunt. It's going to be thrilling to uh, add a pun to it, I suppose. With that said, thank you guys so very much. Going to give a few shout-outs to Minnesota Wild Global, 
Minnesota Wild Nation. Great Facebook pages. Recommend you join those and interact with Wild fans on there during and after games and before games and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> MNW Prospects. MNW Prospects, I'm very happy to be a part of it. I would cover the uh, Q, the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League and BCHL if the Wild had prospects in them, but they don't at this moment. I'm sure they will in the future, and uh, I'll be writing for the page and Twitter when it comes to prospects in those leagues, those two junior leagues, which I really, really enjoy doing, and looking forward to some more prospects heading in that direction in the future, because I'm sure they will. I don't think it's going to be like we're staying away from the Q forever. Why would you do that? The Q is great. Um, Pava Bonnet, Justin Bakke, Brandon Cost. Chad Walski's been on there. Um, Merrick Skyba's been on there in the past as well. Really appreciate all of you. Really appreciate it. Love being a part of that. Again, Derek Felska at Crease and Assist. And the daily, uh, the sports daily part of me. I'm getting it mixed up with the daily face-off. That's where you look at the lines and such. For the Minnesota Wild, you can even look at uh, salary cap situations there. But, yeah, <laughs> the, the, the sports daily, part of me. That's where Derek writes for Crease and Assist. And, of course, his wife, Teresa Ferries, also writes on there as well, previewing games for the Minnesota Wild. Really appreciate all the interaction. Love all of you so very much. Please write a positive rating for Brave the Wild on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts or... Audible or Stitcher. Those are the three applications you can actually review the show. If you could do that, I'd really appreciate it. And I'll thank you very much. I actually did get a recent one on Apple. And I better get to that right away. I forgot. It was on there last week, and I forgot to bring it up. I apologize to you, and I thank you very much. Let's get it right now here. It's kind of struggling. Come on, let's go. There it goes. Rusty McTrusty, thank you, on November 11th. Happy Veterans Day, by the way. Uh, it says, let's go wild. Great content on in-season happenings as well as prospect updates. Great listen for any wild fan. Thank you very much, Rusty McTrusty. Really appreciate you big time. I appreciate that very much. And for those of you out there willing to do that, please do. Apple, uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or audible those of you that have done that in the past thank you so much and those of you in the future that are willing to do that thank you in advance it's worth its weight in gold or platinum or whatever super precious metal you can imagine i really appreciate it tell your friends about the show if you could oh my and i gotta bring up vigot vigot application the vigot application <clears throat> v-i-g-i-t yeah, social media for sports bettors. You can post about your picks, see what others are saying about games. Vigit Betting League is a month-long betting competition to see who the best sports better is over the course of the month. Free-to-play sportsbook, bet free coins, win real prizes. Betting stats, there's great information available on the Vigit Lifeline movement where the public is betting. This is not real money wagering. It is basically fantasy betting where you can compete against your friends and colleagues and such. It's a lot of fun. Highly recommend it. Also encourage you to join Crypto.com. I will put a referral link in the show description, crypto.com, if you want to get into cryptocurrency, uh, you go in there and show that I referred you simply by clicking on the link and downloading the app and all that. Uh, we we will each get $25, which again would help this show, and you get $25 free right away to start trading cryptocurrency. And $25 in the crypto world is a lot more than you think. Let me tell you, it is. I'm not kidding. I've made, I've made money off of tiny amounts in the past trading cryptos. So... Highly encouraged. Highly, highly recommended. Get on there and get on that today. With that said, hope all of you are enjoying the Christmas season, holiday season, Christmas season. I call it Christmas season, but call it whatever you like. Uh, 
<clears throat> lawn cleanups are finally done. I can finally keep up with this on a regular basis again. Hopefully the Minnesota Wild continues to kick some butt. I can't expect them to win every game, so I've got to go with 2-1 this week. Until next time, take care and go wild.